Evan and Tiki on the fan. Uh, Bad Tiki will join us coming up in about 37 minutes. When the Yankees signed Marcus Stroman last week, it did sort of feel like a surprise. It felt like a, really? They're actually going after him? And I thought it was a good move. And I remember arguing a little bit with Sean about it, thinking, hey, you're getting yourself a reliable middle-of-the-rotation arm. I didn't even know what the contract would look like. It certainly looks like a very reasonable contract. That makes you better. It may not be Yamamoto. It may not be Blake Snell. I'm not the biggest Blake Snell guy, but that makes your rotation better. And over the last week, we've kind of rationalized, all right, Yankees went out and got Marcus Stroman. Good move. I think most people have sort of come around, Tiki, too. It was a good move. Right. I mean, forget the emotional side of it. From a baseball side of it, pitching side of it, it's a good move as long as he's healthy. And really, what was the emotional side of it? He blocked you on Twitter? I mean, who really cares? He hates your GM because he demeaned him. <laughs> he said right. it was a bullpen arm as opposed to a starter. I'd right. be pissed off, too, if I was Stroman. I probably wouldn't say anything, but I'd be pissed off, too. Well, Marcus said something, and there was a back and forth years ago between Cashman and Stroman. Today, Marcus Stroman is meeting the New York media. Remember, Marcus is a Long Island kid, number one, so I'm a little biased towards him. He is a former Met, and I look at him as a good Met. Like I, I don't have negative feelings towards Marcus Stroman as a Met. Uh, in 2021, when the Mets were collapsing down the stretch, he wasn't a part of that. He pitched very well that season. So I just give you my biases yep. that I am a Met fan who has no negative feelings towards him. I am a Long Islander. He is a Long Island guy. But putting that aside, he's a good pitcher. But I was intrigued to hear, what does Marcus Stroman have to say? So, Sean, give us a little preview about what we may hear from Marcus Stroman right now on WFAN in New York City. So the synopsis of what I'm going to play for you, which I think is the juiciest part of this, is he's asked if he's misunderstood. And as well as, of course, what did you need to hear from Cash after he was really annoyed at Brian Cashman? Outside of that, i got to be honest with you, I'm going to give you a couple minutes. I think there was a lot of 15 minutes of people just dancing around. Ooh, you excited to pitch? And that was it. A lot of fluff. Mm. A lot of fluff. So I, I've eliminated the fluff for the audience. Well, thank you. So you get, get right to the meat. that The peanut butter and jelly, if you will. Let's hear it. All right. Yeah. It was quick, man. It was quick, you know. It was the – we literally laughed about it, you know. He he, he let me know his his quick little piece um, about how it didn't necessarily come out is essentially how he wanted it to. He let me know that I was someone who he thought was always going to be a good competitor, someone who could handle the lights – someone who thrived in the pressure. And that was kind of the ultimate draw. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not someone who shies away from the limelight or pressure or the lights. I think a lot of guys would avoid avoid coming to New York and, and playing for the Yankees because because of that reason. And I'm someone who, like I said, I feel like it it brings out the best in me. So I'm looking forward to this opportunity. I think Cash is, is kind of right there um, in agreement with me as far as he thinks it's going to be um, a good situation for the both of us. And, yeah, I'm just excited. I'm excited. Obviously, I grew up from Long Island. I grew up going to Yankee games. And and to be able to put on the pinstripes, that's that's something we all dream about as kids. So I can't wait. It's a good hey, answer. Marcus, Bruce Beck, NBC4, New York, welcome back. Uh, what do you expect your relationship to be with the fans? And what do you think of the New York fans in general? Uh-oh. Man, the New York fans are the most, you know, uh, passionate fan groups probably in the world. You know, like I said, I grew up there. I'm from there. I understand that um, playing there, it's 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 all about your performance and and how you come on the field. And like I said, I'm someone who I feel like the pressure and the lights it, it brings out the best of me. 
So I'm excited. I'm excited to feel the energy of, of New York Yankee, the, the crowd, the buzz. I think my start days is something that I'm getting chills kind of thinking about looking forward to. So yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait because I, I know the pressure and the lights that it comes with. And like I said, I'm someone that um, I only feel like I thrive in those moments. Marcus, my name is Brendan Cuddy. I'm with The Athletic. Uh, thank you for taking the time and congratulations on the deal. Two questions. First, last year you finished the season uh, a little iffy health-wise uh, with the, I think, the rib and the hip. Where are things now? Oh, I'm perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to rock, man. You know, I'm four or five bullpens in. Body feels great. Body feels great. I'm fully healed. Everything feels uh, brand new. So just excited to get out there and compete. Also, thank you. Also, do you feel like you're misunderstood at all by fans, by the media, by just people who watch baseball? And if so... Yeah, yeah, I'd say I'm misunderstood for sure, you know? Um, in what ways? That's that's another reason why I'm excited to to, to be a Yankee, you know? I think people will have a, a, a different view of me after my tenure here. I don't think Cash, I don't think Booney, I don't think Judge would, would want me to be a part if they didn't know my character and how I was as a teammate. So I'm excited. Like I said, I'm excited for this opportunity. I can't wait to learn from all the guys and I can't wait to compete. Competing is something I do to the highest level. And when it comes to put my body and my mind in, in, in the ultimate position, that's something that I'm always working on, whether it be at the field or away from the field. So yeah, I can't, I can't wait to go out there and compete and put the pinstripes on. Huh? couple of things. What's your takeaways from Marcus? Yeah. Stroman? I mean, the, just that last answer. He kind of piqued my ear a little he bit. He said he's misunderstood. Well, yes, that he's misunderstood, but forget that. He said, I didn't think Cash or Boone or Judge would want me here if I, if I wasn't emotional or didn't like wear my emotions the way that he does. And so is Judge making the decisions now? Oh, yes. Yeah, they yeah. consulted with Aaron Judge yeah, on yeah. to bring in Marcus Stroman? I think that's pretty obvious. I mean, Aaron right. Judge said that in late September. He right. wanted some say. And well, yeah. By the way, I love that. <laughs> I love that because it doesn't feel like it's a manipulative player trying to get his kind of guy. It's a, it's, I want the best interest of this team to come first, and I'm in the locker room. I'm, I'm in the clubhouse, and I get it. Boone, you, you're you in there too, but it's a different kind of being in there. Mm. And Cash, you're not in there at all. Right. right? I, I, I need to have this team's chemistry right, and I don't think over previous seasons it has been. So the fact that Aaron Judge – is helping make these decisions kind of by um, extension being an off-season leader in a way that we don't really think about baseball players being. Yeah. I think that's amazing. It, that's it, awesome. It depends Especially on, because it's judge. Yeah, it depends sometimes on how you want to think the process occurred. So, yeah. for example, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, the process in a lot of people's minds, and hello, SNY, was here's a piece of paper, go get these guys. Yes. And to many, you hear that and you say, what the hell is this? You're not the general manager. Right, especially when they don't perform well. Right. Now, the process with Aaron Judge, if I had to guess, was Brian Cashman being smart and picking up the phone and saying, hey, Judgey, what's up? Yeah. And Judge is like, I'm good. Cash, what's, what's up, up Cash? How you doing, man? Thinking of Marcus Stroman. Your thoughts? Yeah. And I then love, Aaron. I love Stroman. He's a good dude, man. I met him at the whatever, All-Star game or we're hanging out somewhere. Uh, Bahamar, we, we had a good time. I like <laughs> right, that dude. Right. right? Like, so. And that's it. Right? <laughs> I mean, if it's done that way, then it's like, great. You should kind of talk to the guy that's going to definitely be around and say, because everybody knows each other. And the beauty and the negativity, negativity of everybody knowing each other yeah. is Aaron Judge doesn't may not like everybody. 
There may be guys he knows, hey, I don't want that guy in my room. Mm -hmm. I've heard about him. The big misnomer, the big misunderstanding of Marcus Stroman, and I don't know what he meant by being misunderstood, but I can tell you how I take it. There has been talk on this radio station from callers and people of, he's bad for the locker room. And that always bothered me because I would retort by saying, what the hell is that based on? Mm -hmm. He's a problem in the locker room. Like, was he a problem in the 2021 Mets locker room? I didn't hear that. Was he any of the guys doing the thumbs down? Not really. Nope. So why is there an assumption, because Marcus Stroman blocked you on Twitter or interacted with you on Twitter, does that make you then jump to the conclusion that's not a good locker room guy? I never heard that with the Mets. I never heard it with the Cubbies. I didn't hear it with the Blue Jays. I don't know if that's a thing. And I think if it is a thing, Aaron Judge would know about it. Yeah, because players talk. Yeah. Right? And so they all talk about each other. And if they if you if you need to know, you just call some a player. You don't don't ask an agent, don't ask a media member, ask ask the a former player, like a teammate, and they'll tell you about these guys. I'm not worried about Marcus Stroman's the media stuff cuz to me the media stuff has always felt it's tit for tat. Like it's 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 nothing that's substantive except for the racist stuff, but that's I mean his experience could have been someone called him the n-word. Right? Yeah. And to, to you, you hear that, you're going to be emotional. You should. It's and horrible. So, and of course. But you just can't generalize. Right. That, that's, the, that's the one thing he's got to be aware of is generalizations will get you in trouble. No uh, question. Just what? to add a little context to that, uh, part of the stuff I cut out, he did meet with four Yankees, it felt like, prior to signing, Judge being one of them. The other three, just to kind of give you a feel who the oh, can I Can I, get, can I yeah. guess? Garrett Cole. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we got how many more Yankees? I got two, two more. more. Two more Yankees. Yeah, Glaber's only on a one-year deal. He just got disrespected by MLB Network, by the way. More on that maybe at a later date. Probably never. <laughs> um, what are the Yankees? Juan Soto. No. Oh. Nah, because you know why? Because Juan Soto's here on vacation. Here we go. <laughs> Nestor Cortez. No. No. Uh, no DJ other pitcher. DJ Lemayhew. No. Uh, huh. Stanton. No. What? Jeez, man. I just tell us that. Rizzo? Go through the whole roster. Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, because he's buddies with Judgy. The Rizzo. Oh, because he was in... Oh, no, he wasn't there. Nah, he wasn't there. And Anthony Volpe. Anthony Volpe. Wow. Look at that. That that gives gives you an idea of the Yankee Leadership Council. (laughs) (laughs) You're joking, but that's that's probably... No, I'm serious, right? You would think. That's important for those four guys to talk to him. That says a lot about what Judge thinks about Anthony Volpe, though. Mm -hmm. That he has him included. Well, uh, so Cashman let him know we don't have to pay him for a while, so he's going to be around here. <laughs> <laughs> I think the answer on the relationship with Brian Cashman is always easy. Well, I was misunderstood. I didn't really mean what I said. I mean, yeah. come on. Brian Cashman took a shot at Marcus Stroman a few years ago, but the truth is it doesn't matter. Like, opinions can change on players mm-hmm. specifically. Like, we opened the show earlier today, if you missed it, you rewind it on the Odyssey app, talking about Mike McCarthy and how my opinion has changed on what the Cowboys should do with Mike McCarthy. It's okay for Brian Cashman in this free agency, in this moment, with this rotation, with what Marcus has accomplished over the last few years, to say, hey, he fits our team. And I think he does. And so where the Yankees are right now is an interesting place. They have five guys for their rotation. Yep. You may not love all five guys, but they've got a rotation. Clark Schmidt's in the rotation. Carlos Rodon is in that rotation. Nasty Nestor is in that rotation. Uh, I gave you your shot. Nestor Cortez. <laughs> Garrett Cole is in that rotation. Marcus Stroman. They've got five guys. Now, are there major questions about a few of those guys? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Radon has questions. Cortez has questions. Uh, just so 
we're going to get this audio in a little bit. Cashman apparently has already said there's still a possibility they're going to add to the rotation. Well, I, I, but I wouldn't be surprised. Of course, there's a possibility, right. but I'm just laying it out that they've got five guys in their rotation. My point to this would be Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, while they would make you better, isn't necessarily the piece you have to go after. It's the bullpen. It's it, the bullpen, but if I'm adding arms, it's more, hey, I need depth guys. I traded my depth guys for Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it necessarily has to be top-end guys. But you said bullpen, and I brought up last week, and I stand by this, that Josh Hader is the big-ticket item I'd go heavy after. And here's why. Bullpen arms, and the Yankees need bullpen help. I think Brian Cashman is going to admit that and has admitted that. They're tough to find. Hector Neris, how good is Hector Neris? Like, seriously, we're going to give this guy three years, $40 million? He's freaking Hector Neris. You know what I mean? The top-end guy is the most reliable guy. And if I can get Josh Hader to this bullpen, it's a game-changer. But Tiki Barber has an update on Josh Hader, and Yankee fans better pay attention because this is real dangerous if this happens. Go ahead. Unfortunately, sources. This is from Ken Rosenthal. The Astros, the Houston Astros, that Houston Astros team is now making a push for Josh Hader and I look, if the Astros are serious about upgrading their bullpen or mm-hmm. kind of in the same vein that the Yankees are looking to add to their bullpen, for us it's Clay, it'd be Clay Holmes and Hayter. For them, it's Ryan Presley and Hayter. And how great has he been in the postseason the last couple of years? Exactly. So the, the Astros and the Yankees are kind of in the same spot with what they need to improve upon and on the, on the, the, you know, the non-rotation, uh, the starters and the bullpen. And I think that Hater is the perfect addition. The question now becomes money. Because now it feels like there's a bidding war when there's two guys or two teams that are reported being tied to Josh Hader. Look, Josh Hader is going to be expensive. It's going to cost you a lot of money. And also the Astros lost Kendall Graveman out for the mm-hmm. season, so this could also be reactionary to improve their bullpen. But forget that. The Houston Astros, who've had a very quiet offseason, adding Josh Hader to their bullpen is a game-changer. Because let's not forget this. You'll want to win the American League East. Of course. Of course. And when you look around the American League East, who's really improved themselves that much this season? I heard Keith say that the other night. I completely Mm -hmm. agree with him. I agree. Like, if you talk about who's improved themselves the most around Major League Baseball, the Yankees are towards the top of the list. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's enough. And that doesn't mean it doesn't finish the job. To me, finishing the job is that dominant bullpen arm. The New York Yankees have always seemed to have that guy. Now, granted, they had the greatest of them all for a while in Mariano Rivera, but they've always had that dominant guy. And I look at their bullpen right now, and Clay Holmes is fine, and the Yankees have done a great job with him over the last few years. There's a lot of questions and a lot of holes. And if it's up to me, I'm not filling those holes with Stevenson or Neris. (laughs) I'm filling those holes with the best reliever available in Josh Hader. So, starting pitching, I get it. If they added another arm, fine. You never have enough starting pitching. But I view the Yankees and say, boy, you get Josh Hader. You have capped off, not a perfect offseason, because obviously nothing's perfect. It would be as good as you could have done. Yeah. Because, again, I'll go back to the Otani and the Yamamoto. They weren't ever coming here. So, they were pipe dreams that were never really a reality. So, if you get Soto, you Stroman, and now you get a closer and hater or a bullpen arm, because I don't know if he's actually going to be the closer. Probably he would be. Nah, he's still, the closer. He's closer. You get a bullpen arm like that, then you've done about as good as you could do. You would have added the best bat available outside of Otani and Juan mm-hmm. Soto, and you could argue that, by the way. 
a very good value middle of the rotation arm mm. and the best closer available. You can't do it. Well, why can't you do it? Well, you can do it in a fantasy world. You can't do it if you are being a real reality Yankee fan that listens to the owner. I'm just going to keep coming back to this. Because you're talking about the money. Of course. You're talking about it. Well, I think you're talking about the money for this season, but this I think you're thinking about the money for next picture. season. I'm not just you're about, about this year. the Soto money. And by the way, I'm assuming that this means the Astros are willing to give him 100 mil. Like yeah. if it's a, okay, if it's a well, quick two year deal, so it's different. Yeah, but think about what are you paying Soto already? 33. 30 million? 30, 33 million dollars? What are you going to be paying him next year? Nothing, because he'll be on another team. Well, 40, you, 45, exactly. right. it's, it's like marginally more. No, it's no, a marginal tiki. amount more. I agree. And I understand the long-term commitment. That's big. Yeah. But the year-over-year number is not that much bigger than what you're paying him in arbitration. No, th- right? I want to make this clear. I agree with you. But I also am looking at an owner that has told us now multiple times – I don't think you need this amount of payroll. Where I think it is going to come down to every last dollar. And if you sign another, you know, six-figure deal like this with another player, well, but, but, but I think it's going to prohibit. Right, let, let's answer it this way. And I don't like playing the game of can a team win a World Series because I think we've learned, yeah, basically anybody can win a World yeah. Series. It's more about are you confident a team can win a World Series? As we stand here today with the roster the New York Yankees have, and they've certainly improved themselves. Sean, do you are you confident the Yankees can win the World Series? Can or will? Yeah, I don't like the word can. I just said I shouldn't use it. Mm-hmm. Are you confident the Yankees will win the World Series? No, but I wouldn't be confident the Astros will either with Hater. No, no, but if you had Josh Hader, where does your confidence go in terms of how good that team is? I got to be honest with you. It would go up, but I still wouldn't feel like they're winning the World Series. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if anything will ever make you feel they're going yeah. to win the World Series, but they are far closer to winning a championship when you could put that fireman back in the back end of your bullpen totally. and now use Clay Holmes as a weapon all over the place. And I don't trust Clay Holmes. I get it, but I also— You don't trust Clay Holmes. Then who in the bullpen do you trust? Jonathan Loisego is always hurt? This was gonna who the hell do you trust? This is going to be the next thing I said because the Yankees have done a good job of this year in and year out, mm-hmm. figuring out some of these guys are good, some of these guys aren't. I kind of view bullpen arms now the same way— Tiki, close your ears. I view running backs in oh, the NFL. Kiss my ass. Which is like, <laughs> which is, I just think the value to find these guys, because year in and year out, different guys are better than others, and you yes. can pick them up and trade, trade away. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I agree with you. I agree with you in general. Mm. But when there's an elite closer available, Edwin Diaz last year, Josh Hader this year. There are many, by the way. It's a very, very short list of relievers where I would say, hey, that guy I'm paying big money to. Mm-hmm. In general, you're right. That's why I just said no thank you to Hector Neris. You know, I get it. From year to year, you have no freaking idea. I'm with you on that. But you would have a chance to get the one guy that you can look at. I know he's had his ups and downs, but for the most part, he's close to a sure thing. I just, he's certainly more reliable than anyone else you can go out and get. I just want to be as transparent as possible. I don't want a Monday morning quarterback this thing. If they lose out uh, on a Juan Soto bidding war by $50 million to the Mets next year, looking at that Josh Hader deal, and we realize, you know what? You probably didn't need the fireman closer. Yeah. They for tried to sign deal. Yamamoto, though. Yeah, but I don't think they're, they, they, they're going to lose out on Soto. It's going to be for a lot more than 50 you get my point, I know, though. I know what your point is, but say like I'm trying to just be logical with what the owner has plus, said. But, but plus, you guys just went out, I give the Yankees credit for it, and got Marcus Stroman on a great value contract. When you think about some of the monies that have been handed out, and that's used correctly, some of the monies handed out this offseason to starting pitchers who are coming off either crappy years or doing nothing, Marcus Stroman making $18.5 million is a freaking bargain. I know that sounds nuts, but it is. So you just saved a lot of money by getting a quality starting pitcher for what is below market value. If you look at the money he just got, 
you've got a chance in a win-now season to go add the guy that, in my opinion, gets you closest to winning a dominant ninth-inning guy. You let him go to Houston, though. Look, I, I'm sorry. This Houston. Is, this comes back to, and I think I'm being consistent here, the argument I had with you about Aaron Rodgers, I don't like playing for the short window. Mm. I like giving myself the best opportunity for the long window, and I think going $100 million plus on a freaking reliever, Sean, if I don't know I'm consigned solo Sean, next year, is a mistake. Too late. You don't like going the short window? Too late. You've got Garrett Cole in the prime of his career. God knows how many more dominant seasons he has left. He's great right now, but who knows? Yeah, exactly. You've got Aaron Judge in the prime of his career, who's a walking injury, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. You just made the biggest win-now trade in acquiring Juan Soto for every piece of pitching depth you've had, and it's worth it. You're in the most ultimate win-now mode ever. You just made the case on why I'm right, and it goes beyond this year. But, Sean, I think the window that you're talking about, you're saying long window, you're saying it's more than one year, but it's if it's anything, it's two years. Is it, though? This is this is what I'm talking about with Evan, though. Evan, I agree with you on Garrett Cole, and you know what that means? In the next two, three years in this judge deal, they're going to have to hand out another mega contract to a starting pitcher. Again, are they going to do that if they're that tied up with Soto and Hayter? And you brought up the judge thing. You're right, he is a walking injury. What if the guy goes crashing into a wall the third week in April? That was and such a done? freak thing. It's hard to But he gets to... hurt. All the time, Tiki. Yeah, I understand. You can't because he's, he's a big athlete. But you can't play for a one-year window when it's Aaron Judge because then if it's the one year and he gets hurt in April, you're done. That's why you don't go. I have to have all these guys in the hell with it if Soto leaves. Mm. No, you need Soto here long term. To hell with it. To, to hell with it. To hell with it. It doesn't make you a guaranteed World Series Nobody champion. Nobody's a guaranteed World well, Series champion. Are you not... cl- are you closer to one or not? Yes, but not at the expense of losing okay. Soto if every dollar counts. All right, so let me ask you this then. Are you done as a Yankee fan? Like, you're good with this offseason? Brian Cashman has kept the door open to adding more starting pitching. But, hey, if you add Blake Snell, it's going to be a lot of money in a lot of years. To me, outside of Otani, they've added the best player they could have possibly added. Uh, They added another starter. So you're done? I'm good. Wow. Mm. Because I'm being— Okay, so you're content. Now, what do you think the season looks like? I think the Yankees right now are set up. They will win the AL East, and they will be in the ALCS. And let's let's go to war with whoever that is. And I'm not sure it will be the Astros. 95, 95 wins? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Josh Hader striking out once. I don't know, the <laughs> way, that might happen. But if that means we got so, I'm fine with it. All right, let's go to Doesn't Peter. Matter. The favorite for the next decade of the, of the, of the LA Dodgers. Now nah, they're losing the divisional series. No worries. <laughs> I'll sleep in the Orioles. Peter is in Sussex County, New Jersey. What's up, Peter? Hello, Peter. Peter going once. Peter going twice. What up, Peter? Uh, Sorry, Peter. Right. Let's go to Colin Hawthrow, New Jersey. What's up, Colin? Hey guys, how you doing? Hey, I, I got one uh, comparison to the Cowboys, you know, and uh, their collapse. You know, uh, the Yankees, you know, boys, obviously historical collapse. Yes. You know, they kept losing the next three years in the first round. They brought in pitcher after pitcher after pitcher. You know, the big unit and everything. They kept losing. Anyway, you know, they finally uh, let go. Joe Torre, oh wait, they missed the uh, the playoffs. They came back in oh wait with obviously a new manager. New pitching staff. Right. He's just a bathroom. Was the bat- was, a, was a great le- uh, leader, and you know Howell's in charge. No, not, not George Steinbrenner. So anyway, the point being is, you know, like Dallas, you know, they're running back again. But you know, sometimes it's not going to work. You know, with the same people. You know what's funny? And As you were that- making the attempt of a comparison, I got a better one, and it's the opposite end of your comparison. You ready for this one? Go ahead. In two thousand three. 
the Boston Red Sox lost the seventh game of the ALCS to the New York Yankees, and they fired their manager named Grady Little because of a move, a very controversial move when he let Pedro Martinez in stay too long. He hires Terry Francona, makes the bold move of firing Grady Little. They hire Terry Francona, and the next year the Red Sox win the World Series. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys just had their Pedro Martinez moment. Mm. Remember that look Yankee fans Pedro yeah. had on the mound? Looked bewildered. Yeah, I think it's so different. It's, he not, looks confused. it's, it's an interesting comparison, <laughs> and it sounds good. But in baseball, a manager it can make a difference without changing a lot. Whereas in Football. If you change head coaches, a lot's changing. Oh no, 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 no doubt. No. It's just not the. It's not an apples to apples comparison. No, the apples to apples is sometimes there's an event in a game or yeah. a moment that causes you to say, "Wow, I've got to make a change." And to me, the way they blew Game Seven for the Red Sox caused that change for Dallas. The way they got completely and utterly annihilated by the Green Bay Packers would cause a change. Would yeah. cause me to say, whoa, I may have to do I'm something try- different. I'm trying to remember if John if um not John Gruden, but if Tony Dungy was fired from Tampa and went to Indianapolis. Indianapolis or did he just leave? I think he was fired. So that that would be the example. Yeah. Because if Tom if 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 the Tampa Buccaneers he was fired. So if they fired Tony Dungy. Yeah. They had a good group of talent, including yeah. my, my twin brother down there, and they bring in John Gruden, and with Tony Dungy's team, the next year they win the Super Bowl. Right? That's the example that you want to use because that's that's the same. That's true. Oh, the by, Red the, Sox. by the way, I'm so sorry. Did Marcus Stroman ever say what number he's going to wear? He was never asked. Was hmm. never asked. You know why I asked this, Tiki? Why? Because single digits in Yankee history? Well. Or just the fact that he wears zero. Yeah, I'm fascinated by the zero because Adam Adovino wore zero for the Yankees a couple years ago. And I remember there were a few Yankee fans that didn't like it. Mm. They didn't like it very much. Because even though zero is a weird number and it's not exactly, you know, it's a single digit number, right. but is it really, it's not really a digit, it's not even it's a number. It's a shape. Do you like zero, Sean? I hate it in all <laughs> sports. Oh, so all you were one of those Yankee fans that did not oh, like so you did not like DeAndre Swift. No, or uh, Petra was a Petra Queen on the Ravens award. I can't stand it. I can't. No, stand Queen it. is six. Oh, right? somebody, I somebody is else wore zero. Maybe I don't know. Not, yeah, one of them is zero. I so your right. issue is with the actual number yeah. and shape more than it is the Yankees having someone wear a single digit when every single digit is retired. So I it's almost like a cheap way to get a single digit. And I understand Yankee fans feeling that way. I just don't view zero's number. Uh, to me, when you're wearing zero. You better be the most unbelievable player of all time. <laughs> or to me, I look at you as a complete zero. <laughs> Jeez. I'm serious. And I've seen now two stiffs, Adovino and Domingo Herman, wear zero. That's right, Domingo Herman. Didn't Domingo Herman wear double zero, though? No, he wore 52 last year, and last year was just zero. It was just zero? Yeah. I almost forgot that. Yeah, well, he, he wore he threw a perfect game wearing number zero. <laughs> I know. That's why it's the most forgettable perfect game in the history of baseball. Yeah, Roquan Smith is zero. Yeah, I just, Patrick I can't. Patrick Queen is six. I, I'm sorry, zero is not a number. Yeah. It's I think a Marcus, figment of our imagination. Well, I think Marcus Stroman's going to wear zero because he wore zero with the Mets. First, he wore number seven. And then out of respect to Jose Reyes, he went to zero. And then with the Cubbies, he wore zero. And I would assume, because he's always been a single-digit guy. I think with the Blue Jays, he wore like six or something like that, or seven. Some some kind of single digit. Well, I get it because he's a smaller athlete, so you you can't wear. You just look weird wearing forty something. Really? Yeah. Uh, like well, it's yeah. like the like it's too big for your back. To be fair, that is why to me when I buy like a giant jersey, 
Like, I can barely wear my Daniel Jones jersey out. <laughs> when you're a bigger-bodied person. Right. It does, it's too, the number doesn't fit <sighs> you. You need two numbers. Okay, yeah. so if... Which I did not realize. Right. Thank you which, for explaining which is that. Why Twenty-one was perfect for me because it was a big number and a little number. Ah, I see. Right. So yeah. if if you, Sean, understand the other side of it being a larger gentleman, mm-hmm. that it's very tough for you to wear a single digit, then why couldn't you understand Marcus Stroman as someone who's not huge I, I wanna, wearing a single digit? I want to make this very clear. Seems like this is unfair. No, I am not going to crush Marcus Stroman. If that's the number he likes and he likes that, that's fine. The single-digit thing doesn't bother me. I'm just telling you, aesthetically, I find it to be a lousy number choice. Mm. And I find it very annoying. And you better be dominant just, or the jokes just, come just, out just that just you wait, are a zero. Just wait till he, till he plays. Just wait. No, I'm, and then make a judgment. Well, he's not a rookie. Yeah, but I, I know look, how he's going to no, pitch. No, no, no. I'm talking about how he looks, how he plays in a Yankees jersey. Let's just see it first. Okay. By the way, we don't even know if he's going to wear zero. No, nah, I think he's going to wear zero. If I had to predict, I'm going to go with zero. Look, he wins a Cy Young and they win a World Series. wear zero, I might change my mindset. Okay, that's fine. I can't believe no one asked him if he was wearing zero. Let me uh, tell you something. What's wrong got... with our media? We're not asking him about blocking right. people on Twitter, and uh, we're not asking about the number zero. What's happening? By the way, I'm not going to name names. There was one reporter who was laying down in bed and got called out for it. Well, no, no, no. You are going to tell us. What reporter was laying down in bed? Laying down in bed? I'm sorry. That needs to be... Uh... Do I have to? Yes. I don't know the guy. There was a reporter by the name of Randy Miller. Yeah, Randy Miller. And Jay Advanced, I think. Yeah. yeah, so they go to him. Like laying like this or laying like... No, like, like... laying back. So it's on Zoom. <laughs> and whoever was running the Zoom for the Yankees goes, let's go to Randy Miller, who looks awfully comfortable. <laughs> and they go to him. And everybody's like sat up, like propped up on a table in their asking. And he is laid back like he's on vacation. And by the way, where his laptop is, anything can go can be going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, like that CNN situation. So it's but, an upward shot of his Yeah, head, and you see the face. pillows all <laughs> right behind them. Wait, so the Yankees called him out and said, Randy, uh, what the hell are you doing? They didn't say what the hell are you doing. They said, you look awfully comfortable, which I think was a wink-wink of sit the hell up. I mean, Yeah. that's You know what the problem is? The problem is this is what we live in now in Zoom. Mm-hmm. And this is why, and I mean this with all due respect, we are very rarely going to do shows at home. Now, we may have to. If yeah. there's bad weather, maybe there's circumstances, a family event. You know, we got an hour and ten minute show, then yeah. Yeah, we might be home. I agree. But there's <laughs> one guy on our staff that I worry about. Who? Let's call him the Randy Miller of the Evan and Tiki program. <laughs> and that person is Sean. I can see Sean. Oh my God! I can see Sean on a, we're going to do the show from home day. Getting awfully comfortable. Mm. I can see him. Why do I need to change into regular clothes? No big deal. I can see him doing no work, making no effort, not brushing his teeth, not even getting dressed, and laying in bed. He's just like, all right, let me go say something about the Giants. (laughs) That worries me. You have the wrong idea, pal. I have a chair I'm set up in. I purposely put things away where I can't be comfortable. Now, I did used to work mornings on CBS Sports Radio. During the pandemic, did I do a first hour in some ripped up underwear that the camera didn't see? And maybe I had a dress shirt up top? Sure, that happened. Yeah. But I still was all business. See, I could imagine when Tiki was doing remote programs, mm-hmm. he would get dressed up. Was. He would have a whole day. He would prepare. Right. He would sit up straight. I was in my office. He has his own office and say, I'm going to work. Here's the problem. And it's not just Randy Miller. Randy, I don't know you that well. I think you're a great reporter, nothing personal. You just represent, unfortunately, a lot of people I'm about to rip, but not you. Eh, Just this one occasion. They take doing something on Zoom as they're not working. Like, we're off today. Right. No, you're not off today. Like, I just got... I promised a listener I wouldn't do this again, so I'm not going to rip any school district. I think the school (laughs) districts are fantastic, and I love them. But in preparation for the fact that it may snow tomorrow... 
they have informed us as parents that tomorrow may be a remote learning day. And let me tell you something about what I'm going to teach. Because of weather? Because of weather. Again? Let's not get three inches of snow down here. Three inches is nothing. But let's not do this. We're we're all good. You would know. (laughs) (laughs) We love the school districts. Yes. I love all the teachers. I love everybody. Okay? This is nothing against you guys. I want to be very careful. I don't want to get yelled at anymore by teachers. When Jet, who is my oldest son, that's his name, Jet, not after the Jets, when he goes to school virtually, he is going to take a freaking shower. (laughs) He is going to brush his teeth. He is going to put proper clothes on, and he's going to sit there because he's going to school, even if it's virtual. So what's happened is that now that we're all allowed to sometimes do stuff at home, people treat it as they're not working. Yeah. The the remote learning during COVID was the most miserable thing <laughs> that we ever experienced. Yeah. I, I ever. Also, I, I also think, <laughs> Tiki, there needs, there needs to be a message sent out to wherever Evan Roberts lives north of the city. If you spot Evan Roberts on a weekend at a local bagel shop, please make sure he's in a tuxedo. Otherwise, this take <laughs> is awful. Well, I'm going to work. Going to yeah. work. First of all, I'm you wearing get... proper clothes. I'm wearing. I'm not. It's like I'm You're in my underwear right Costco now. You're eight dollar hoodie and your red gym shorts does not qualify as a suit. The point is, I came prepared to come to work. Not that I'm dressed up for it. I meant don't wear. Do have I ever come here in my pajamas? Just answer me that. Have I ever come here in my pajamas? I don't know what you're sleeping. <laughs> you wear basketball shorts yes. underneath your you jeans. So you're you, a so slob. You, so you sleep in basketball shorts as well. I'm I do, but not the same ones. Oh, but <laughs> see, that's a, you do come to work in things that people might portray as pajamas, Correct. even if they don't, even if they aren't flannel printed. Whatever. Did you, did you catch me in something, apparently? <laughs> All I know is... He sleeps naked. That's what he's saying. Sometimes I do. Like All I know oh, is that like Randy Miller and a lot of other people in society need to take work more serious. And that's why, Sean, you got to come into work every day. Because I don't trust you. You got the wrong idea. <laughs> Let's go to Bob in New Jersey. What's up, Bob? Hello, Bob. Yes. What's up, Bob? How what? you doing, man? What's up? Is this is this Evan? It's Tiki, Evan, Sean, Lugie. Maybe Spike's listening. What's up? Mm-hmm. What do you want? I'm just wondering why Evan seems to root a, take umbrage with everything that the Yankees or the Giants or the Knicks do <laughs> because he's rooting for the other team. That is not hater. true. That's a hater. not fair. He's a I, hater, Bob. I think the Juan Soto move was a great move. I've complimented the Marcus Stroman move. I'm just giving an opinion on what they should do next. Do you disagree with me, Bob? Hey, I, uh, no, I agree with those moves, but oh. uh, you pick on the Giants every time something happens. Controversial, like the like the table well, situation. I'll tell you this, Bob. You can't blame me. I'm a baby. <laughs> Look who I'm surrounded by. I'm surrounded by John Myra's pet, known as Sean Morash, and I'm surrounded by one of the greatest giant players of all time. Mm-hmm. What the hell do you want me to do? Right. <laughs> I don't kill the giant. Show some respect. I'm a baby. <laughs> I Put give, some respect on our team's name. I give, right. I give my honest opinion Keep about our team's name out your mouth. Like, I give my honest opinion on all the teams I watch, Before whether I, I like them. I have to smack that ass down. Is that bad tiki? Or God, right? I sound like bad tiki, don't I? <laughs> bad tiki bust. Bad tiki is about to join us. I'm like, wait a second. Am I getting to meet bad tiki just, for the first I'm time? I'm just prepping you. I'm prepping you for what's about to come. Listen, every night when I go home and I reevaluate the day and I think about tomorrow, it's usually what I do. Uh-huh. I reevaluate the day. 
I tell my wife, okay, this is what Tiki did that kind of annoyed <laughs> me, but I still like him. This is what Sean did. I, I, I spout it all out. But then I think about tomorrow. Mm. And the one night where I go home and my <laughs> eyes light up is Wednesday nights because I tell my wife, and she gives me a weird look back, which is strange considering what bad Tiki has said. <laughs> I say, I'm so excited because tomorrow we get to talk to bad Tiki. Go kiss ass. So trust me. It's my favorite part of the day. In fact, Hit and we'll, bust. We'll get back to your calls in a second <laughs> at 877-337-6666. But it is 430, which means Bad Tiki is a sentient AI-generated being. It is not affiliated with or representative of the real Tiki Barber. The views and opinions expressed by Bad Tiki do not reflect those of Tiki Barber, WFA, and Odyssey, or its advertisers. Tiki Barber is a real person with his own thoughts, beliefs, and opinions, which are entirely separate from those expressed by Bad Tiki. Listeners and viewers are strongly advised to exercise critical thinking and discernment when engaging with the Bad Tiki segment. Bad Tiki, welcome back. Hey, guys, I heard there are some big changes coming to WF Fan. There's going to be a new sheriff in town. That tattooed Philly trash is finally being taken out. Good riddance. The question everyone is wondering, how long until you losers get fired? Hold on, Bad Tiki. It is true. Our program director, Spike Eskin, is a sellout and has accepted a job as an afternoon drive host in Philadelphia. He had a history there. We're very happy for him. But it doesn't change anything with the show. Plus, I was in this position before Spike was ever even here. That's true, Evan, but that doesn't explain why the board op with the big mouth and even bigger lack of self-awareness gets to talk every day with dried chili stains around his chili hole. And that is why, when I take over in a couple of days, I'm going to literally trim the fat at this place. And I mean all the fat. Wait, hold on, Bad Tiki. Does that mean that you're throwing your hat into the ring to be the boss at WFAN? It's already done, regular Tiki. The job is mine. We are in the final stages of negotiation. And that's bad news for some folks. It's a new dawn at the fan. Buckle up, baby. Yeehaw! <laughs> bad Tiki, I'm not buying this story for one second. We just made the announcement yesterday. How are you the boss already? I don't expect someone with a third grade reading level to understand how the big decisions get made. I've interviewed several times against the top candidates. The Igers, Goodells, Obamas, and Eddie Scozari. And the choice was clear. I'm the captain now. Uh, all right, Bad Tiki, so... You're the boss. What are you going to do in your first 100 days? Establish dominance. First things first, Tommy Lugauer is now in lowly unpaid intern. <laughs> hey, bitch boy, go pick up my dry cleaning. Second, Sean Marash will now man the all-day omelet station. I like my eggs fluffy and with a touch of foie gras. Third, regular tiki. You'll be in afternoons with bad tiki. You're doing a great job, and I don't want to mess with good chemistry. And finally, Evan, you'll be banished to do the Rico Bronya podcast with Pete Hoffman indefinitely. Pete Hoffman is also being promoted to host the podcast. Evan, you'll make a fine producer, and you will answer directly to Rico Bronya himself. He ruthless should be a great fit. <laughs> I never knew he was ruthless. This does sound suspicious, Bad Tiki. I don't know if I actually believe you. Unpaid interns, omelet station, Pete Hoffman hosting. This all seems very unrealistic. Sounds too good to be true, right? This whole station needs an enema. I've wanted to get my hands on this place for years. The old order gives way to a new command. This place will never be the same. The streets will flow with the blood of the non-believers. This is Bad Tiki's house. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, Bad Tiki. This is getting a little bit out of control. Blood's in the street. Dude, even if you were the boss, this is a place of business, I've man. already come up with an 
all-new lineup on the fan. Uh-oh. The morning show with Bad Tiki and Jerry. Middays with Bad Tiki and Sal. Afternoons with Bad Tiki and Regular Tiki. Early evening will be Chris McMonagle. Overnights will be Boomer Esiason, Keith McPherson, Brandon Tierney, Lori Rubinson, Greg Smallpeen Gennady, Danielle McCartan, Pat Boyle, Emmanuel Barbari, Alvin Cintron, Joe Benino, and Peter Schwartz. <laughs> Wait a minute, Fantiki. All these people are going to host at the same time? Yes. It's a new concept I've been working on for a long time. All of their styles will combine into a beautiful radio symphony. It'll be iconic. Think Mike and the Mad Dog, Boomer and Carton, or CMB. Restoring this dump to greatness. Here comes Bad Tiki. <laughs> okay, well, I guess congratulations, Bad Tiki. Is there anything we could do to make your job a little bit easier? Thanks, regular Tiki. I could use a hand moving everything out of Spike's office. He's got a dog name, and by the looks of him, he's got fleas. My massage <laughs> table is arriving later today. My personal chef will need his own living space, and I must have my original paintings hung with their eyes covered before I get there. That last one is very important. Well, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Why do their eyes need to be covered? Shut up, Evan. I don't want them looking at me. Stop looking at me. Okay, Bad Tiki. When is your first day? Don't worry about that. Thick buttkiss. Here is my first decree. No more bathrooms, no more chairs, no more internet, no more water. From now on, all employees must drink one Dunkin' coffee per hour. I'm increasing productivity. Oh, and Evan, don't you have something to read? Oh, yeah. Wait, hold on. What's this? Bad Tiki is brought to you by the Bad Tiki Winners Line. <laughs> Call 1-844-BAD-TIKI for the guaranteed winning picks. Over 90% success rate. Bad Tiki, I can't read this. There's no way you have a 90% success rate. I'm the boss now. You'll do as I say. Call 844-BAD-TIKI right now and get my free 750-star, gluten-free Prince of England, Tony Danza pick of the week. Okay, I have to go now. I'm meeting with HR. I'm firing the entire digital staff today. Sucks they'll never see the omelet station. Call 844-BAD-TIKI, you broke losers. Bad Tiki, out. Uh, Thank you, Bad Tiki. Bad Tiki is a sentient AI-generated being. It is not affiliated with or representative of the real Tiki Barber. The views and opinions expressed by Bad Tiki do not reflect those of Tiki Barber, WFA and Odyssey are its advertisers. Tiki Barber is a real person with his own thoughts, beliefs, and opinions which are entirely separate from those expressed by Bad Tiki. Listeners and viewers are strongly advised to exercise critical thinking and discernment when engaging with the Bad Tiki segment. Can you imagine if he actually was our boss? Oh my god. Mm. First of all, think about that schedule. I think he would keep you here, Sean, forever. Well, just, just to, to abuse you. Well, to man the island station. Just, just to <laughs> abuse you. By the way, that might be a better job. <laughs> <laughs> Bad Tiki is doing mornings with Recco. Bad Tiki is doing middays with Sal. And Bad Tiki is doing afternoons with Tiki. <laughs> and everybody else is going to the overnight, except me, because I'm just going to host a Rico Bronya, in which I actually don't host. Pete Hoffman hosts. I'm just the producer. Right. And what happened to you, Lugie? Oh, yeah, you're the intern. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm an intern. Get which most coffee. people think I already am. <laughs> My God. Well, thank you, Bad Tiki. Every Thursday at 4.30, our new program director, Bad Tiki, will join us on the show. We appreciate it. Oh, I actually feel bad for our new program director, whoever it is. Why? Because Bad Tiki's going to eviscerate them. Yeah, probably. (laughs) By the way, am I the only one not curious to call 844-BAD-TIKI? We did it last week. We did it last week. And by the way, he hit two or three. I'm tailing whatever he's on this week. Right. Can you pick up the phone right now? Sure. Don't tell him we did this, but I am curious. 844 Bad Tiki
That's the number, right? That's Is that the number? number? 844 yeah. bad Tiki? So I, let's call it and let's see what bad Tiki has in store for the divisional round of yeah. the first season. Do you know how to use the phone, Sean? I know you're preparing for your omelet station job. Right. But <laughs> picking up the phone, and, and the number again is 844 bad Tiki. That's the number. B A D T I K I. Yes, that is the number. Uh-oh. Hello. I hope you like winning lots of money. You've reached the Bad Tiki Winners Hotline. Now let's fill up that wallet with some Bad Tiki cash. Here are your three 700 star picks of the week. Bad Tiki loves the Packers plus nine and a half. Cheesy baby. Bad Tiki says run with the Lions minus six and a half. Roar! And you know Bad Tiki's going to smash that over in the Chiefs build game at 45. Yowza! Oh, it's a Bad Tiki bonus bet. Take the way over on Sean Marash calories consumed during every game. Over 4,700. What a farm animal. You know Bad Tiki don't miss. Thank you to all of the loyal Bad Tiki winners hotline subscribers. You keep calling and I'll keep winning. Bad Tiki rules. And someday I will become strong enough and finally take over the world. And you will be by my side. And Evan Roberts will bow to me. Ha 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 ha. Sucka. Bad Tiki, out! There you go. All right. Yeah, I wrote those picks down. Oh, that's amazing. How did, how did he know I'd already planned the turkey dinner for the Chiefs Bills? But that was every game. <laughs> 4,700 calories every game. That's a good point. We'll come back. We'll get back to your calls. 877-337-6666. Plus, there is a concern a lot of Giant fans have going into this offseason that maybe Tiki will calm you down about, or maybe he'll just spoke the fire. 